Hi, it's Connecticut Car Accident Attorney Ryan McKean here, and I'm going to talk to you about how we achieved a $1.25 million settlement in a car crash case. Now, this case involved a head-on collision on um, a road in Connecticut, and our client was a passenger in a vehicle and was very badly injured. Um, as head-on collisions usually result in the most significant injuries because all the force of both vehicles um, and all the weight of both vehicles gets transferred right on to the passengers of the vehicles. And this was at a high rate of speed and it was a direct hit head-on. What happened is the client suffered what's known as crush injuries. Crush injuries are very serious and potentially life-threatening injuries that require emergency surgery and emergency medical intervention because the lower part of the motor vehicle gets condensed so where your legs are gets, get, get pre, uh, gets pressed up um, and that results in significant broken bones uh, from the feet on up to the hips and that's exactly what happened with our client. Um, our client was taken uh, by ambulance to um, initially a local hospital and then ultimately transferred on to a trauma center to a larger hospital when they realized the extent of the injuries. The client then underwent significant amounts of surgery. Um, uh, surgery uh, was actually two different surgeries and I think the total surgery time in the case was about 13 hours as doctors worked fervently to try to repair uh, the bones that had been broken to stabilize uh, our client, um, really blood pressure, blood, all of those things. Um, so we got a call uh, from a panicked family um, who didn't know what to do or where to turn. Uh, fortunately, they, they had turned to us. Uh, they had decided that they didn't want to um, hire a lawyer who was on a billboard or a bus. Uh, so they looked around for reviews. They called us. Um, we went out on a Saturday morning. Uh, Andrew and I went out on a Saturday morning to the hospital to meet with the family and talk to them and listen to them and understand who the person was that we were going to be representing. And the family had all the common concerns, which is, you know, how are we going to pay for this? How are we going to pay the hospital bills? What about lost wages? You know, what are the outcomes here that are possible? What are the things that may be bad news for us legally that we need to know? So we sat in a restaurant in the hospital on a Saturday morning for well over an hour, just answering those questions. And finally, the family uh, had invited uh, me to come up and meet with uh, who would go on to be our client, a person who had just undergone very, very significant uh, surgery. And I'll never forget walking into that room that day and really understanding the significant experience that um, our client had gone through um, and understanding the road ahead for him um, and, and just meeting with the family, meeting with, um, meeting with him, um, saying a few words and introducing myself um, and the family you know was in part concerned too that they would hire a lawyer and then 
not hear from the lawyer. And I made my commitment to them. I said, I promise you, you will not stop hearing from us. You will hear from us throughout and you will hear from us after the representation is even over because we care. We know you're going through a lot. So um, that Monday, we immediately got to work on the case after, after we met with them. We started requesting the police report. We went on to um, Facebook as is common because oftentimes when, you, when there's an accident, people who witness the accident will comment on it on a local Facebook page or a local news story. Sometimes there'll be pictures that are added uh, to say a town forum. So we're checking those social media accounts very early on to try to get any sort of information that we have. Somebody may have seen something. Somebody may know something. Somebody may have evidence that is necessary or useful to our case. Um, so we immediately started grabbing some pictures um, that were added to, added to Facebook, started gathering information about where this had happened. Um, we went out to the, to the scene. We looked on you know, Google Maps to understand sight lines and things like that. We called uh, an expert accident reconstructionist because we wanted to you know, see if there's anything that he needed right away. Uh, to begin investigating the case. And we contacted uh, the responsible police department um, to begin working with the police to understand uh, who the person was who caused this accident, what evidence that the police had, to call, uh, had in this case, uh, what possible insurance policies that there were in this case. And we were able to get from uh, the police department, the name of the insurance company. We were able to get the names of some witnesses. We understood that uh, through the police that there was dash cam footage. We contacted the uh, driver who had dash cam footage. We had an investigator download uh, the, um, the crash footage uh, from the dash cam. So we had preserved that right away. Uh, we contacted the insurance company and they initially had told us that there was one amount of insurance. They told us that there was a uh, $250,000 policy. And we thought, given the circumstances of uh, the case and the defendant, where it happened, that it would seem that there might be more insurance. But the insurance company insisted that there was only $250,000 in coverage, which we knew uh, immediately was inadequate to compensate our client um, who at this point was being transferred to a rehabilitation facility uh, where the client would undergo months of rehabilitation to to try to get uh, to try to get better and so what we what we did is Connecticut has a very unique statute called the prejudgment remedy statute and what we did is we prepared the paperwork to file a prejudgment remedy saying that the insurance was inadequate to cover the compensation uh, in this case. And lo and behold, when we filed that, the insurance company found that there was an umbrella policy, an excess policy, offering uh, up to a million dollars worth of additional coverage in the case. And we 
we continued at that point to investigate our client's case to uh, I went to the rehab facility to meet with the client to understand what they were going through talk to the family on a regular basis to understand how this loss had impacted them all um, after the client was released from rehab I'd go to the client's house and I would see the struggles that they had getting out of bed uh, the struggles you know the bedroom uh, the bed became in the living room because that became the easiest thing to, to do to really really understand what it is that the client was going through and um, we went to court uh, once on a, on a pre-judgment remedy hearing and a judge suggested for a variety of reasons that it be postponed uh, and we, we, we had agreed to that but we had the permission to refile and then something else happened uh, in the case, just some more information became available uh, to us, and I'm being intentionally vague to protect, uh, you know, attorney-client privilege and, and and confidentiality and the, and those things. And we decided that it was time at this point to go forward with the PJR. We had gathered the medical records, we had looked through them meticulously, we had gathered the images, um, we had spoken with uh, the doctors. We had gathered the tax returns. We had understood what the lost wage claim was here. We had a lot of images from the crash. We had the dash cam footage. And so we decided to go forward with a hearing before the judge. Uh, and we said, look, the insurance in this case, given the injury suffered to our client, is still not adequate to satisfy what a jury is likely to do. And we put on the dash cam footage, we put our client on, we put our client's family on the stand. And we had a hearing. The hearing lasted uh, the better part of a morning. Maybe it was 90 minutes, uh, an hour, two hours. I, I, can't, I can't remember. Uh, time in court uh, kind of uh, seems to stand still a little bit. But it was, it was definitely, we went in the morning, we were out in the morning uh, for a hearing. And uh, the judge came back and the judge agreed with us. The judge said, you know what, the insurance in this case is inadequate. And we said to the insurance company, we said, you know, come on, you've got to pay us. You've got to pay our client to end this case. Um, now is the time. I mean, really, you should have done this before. We shouldn't have had to do it, but fine. We understand we're willing to fight, stand up, and do our job. And the, uh, and, and, um, you know, the insurance company just didn't respond to us. And we, uh, we have uh, an investigator that we work with. Uh, the investigator was able to identify uh, bank accounts um, owned by the, uh, the defendants in this case. Um, and we went out as we were entitled to after winning this hearing and filed an attachment to freeze the funds in those bank accounts. And once that happened, we were able to uh, achieve settlement and resolution of the case. They paid right away because the, the defendants were like, pay this. They told the insurance company pay. They hired their own lawyer um, and they did in fact tender the policy. So it went, I think uh, the case ended up resolving about eight, six, seven or eight months after uh, the initial accident. But it was because we did our homework uh, and we were strategic in our litigation strategy uh, to produce the result that we wanted, which was full compensation for our client. If you have, you know, if you or your family has been in a car accident or suffered a significant injury, we're here for you. 
We're here to listen to you. Um, 860-471-8333.